All right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze podcast. This is your boy Marlo at MarloJR. I have my co-host with me, Casey. Casey, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good this evening, Marlo. How are you? I'm doing good. Casey, I have to make a confession. Oh. I saw Black Panther on Saturday. So I officially done my duty. I was the last black man in America to actually see the movie. So well, congr- I have congratulations. Done it. Thank you. I served that. <laughs> it only took me three freaking months or however long it's been out. However long. Uh, but I did it and it was a great movie. Oh, I don't God. care if I'm behind. Uh, but yeah, it, w- it was good. It was a good weekend and, and now I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Ready to get this podcast. I feel my, my duty as a black African American oh. man. <laughs> all right i'm very uh, very proud of you i'm glad that y- you finally finally have achieved that so uh congratulations and uh let's get this podcast rolling all right we shall do that um yeah so everything's good yeah i'd have to say that your weekend sounds a little bit more triumphant than mine i uh had a wisdom tooth removed on friday Ooh. Ew. Yeah, so still uh, on the mend from that. So a lot of ice packs, uh, ibuprofen, and and the sort laying on the couch watching sports this weekend. So good and bad, good and bad with that, but uh, could do without the pain. Gotcha. Did you get any of the good drugs, or was it just IB? Just IB. Uh, okay. Not the good so, stuff. So, yeah, otherwise, I don't know that I could be doing the podcast, <laughs> uh, doing the podcast right now. But as a true professional, you know, fighting through that to be to be on the pod here today all right we're playing hurt today we are and, and today we also celebrated uh mine and my wife's birthday we're both here in uh had birthdays in april uh so we celebrated them with my wife's family which brings us to this week's sponsor whether they know it or not what is uh <laughs> american greetings the uh the card company now marla i don't know how your stance on on uh cards uh, birthday cards and, and the like I'm not a big fan. It seems so you know, pre-produced, and it's not. Re- you're not really saying it. You're just buying a thing, and it's like uh, it sounds like something I'd say, and then you give it to somebody, and it's really just kind of there to designate who the present's from, right? They're not really reading it. But American Greetings got a good one for me today. My, uh, in contrast to me and my family, my wife's family isn't as into sports as as I am. So the the greeting card here, I'm going to read it again. Excellent radio, but from American Greetings, it says, <laughs> I hope your favorite team wins all the sports. And then Ooh. that was the front. And on the inside, it says, give me a break. I'm trying here. <laughs> so I all thought right. that was right on and fu- a greeting card that just, just works. So great job, American Greetings Card Company. Uh, if you'd like to sponsor a future podcast, please reach out to uh, Marlo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a great week. ad read. That was an amazing yes. ad read. I don't know Excellent. why American Green Cards would not sponsor us. That was an amazing I... ad read. Yeah. And as... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we got our sponsors out of the way. Should we talk about these playoffs? NBA playoffs that are playoffs. going on. Playoffs. Yeah, apparently they've been going on. Um. You know who didn't know the playoffs were going on? Who's that? The Trailblazers. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting owned by the Pelicans and AD. Yeah. Yeah, AD's getting uh, compared to Michael Jordan, as I saw you had tweeted out. Yeah, there was a stat showing that AD had averaged over 30 points, I guess now in, in eight playoff games, and it was compared to Michael Jordan's, like, 
hundred something games or I don't even know what it was. It was some crazy number it was of so games. Dumb. So, yeah. Not not quite a comparison yet, but it was really Yeah. Really neat was, to see what AD is doing. Yeah, I mean, yes, he's good at basketball, but that's a big <laughs> that was a little bit of a stretch. Kind of put him up there with Mike. I'm sure again, I guarantee LeBron saw that same tweet and was mad about it. Um <laughs> so there's there's my LeBron dig for the pad. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so the Trailblazers, they're gone in a they're big out. sweep, which I guess we were totally wrong about because uh, people, well, now now people will care about the Pelicans. They made it to the second round. Um, but yeah, congrats to the congrats to New Orleans getting out of the first round. Um, other series that are going on, should we take a look look ahead to see what um, those are going? But before we do that. Yeah, I have a little bit of a stay woke from my Chicago Bulls. Oh, the actual um, Bulls. The actual Bulls. Okay. Uh, do you want to hear? You want to hear about this? Yeah, that's what's going on in their world. Okay, so stay with me here. Connect the dots. Okay. So, over the week, the White Sox made a trade, and okay. they acquired uh, Tracy Thompson, which is he's the brother of Clay Thompson. Oh. All right. So, yeah. obviously, Jerry Reinsdorf, who owns the Sox and the Bulls, has gotten one Thompson brother here so that he can recruit the other Thompson for the Bulls. Yeah. We're going Only to makes sense. Yeah. So, stay woke. Way to go, Jerry. It's a solid yeah. move as we continue this rebuild. So, next year, uh, Clay probably be on the Bulls. All right. Well, it really sounds like things are looking up for the Bulls. <laughs> There. We got that. So since they're not in the playoffs, <laughs> yeah. When I saw will... you wrote, when I saw you wrote the Bulls in here, I thought you meant the Timber Bulls as you called them last week. <laughs> We're going to talk about them. Yeah. Well, no. But the Timber Bulls, they showed out this week. They, uh, yeah. They they won a game, um, which I didn't think was going to happen because they look like an awful team. But yeah, they beat the they beat the uh, they beat the Houston Rockets. Uh, yeah, Derrick Rose had MV- MVP type performance. He's back. Derrick Rose is back. back. Yeah, it was uh, kind of funny seeing Derrick Rose and at least in one game, D Wade playing really well for their uh, respective teams. As the Cavs <laughs> have struggled a bit, and as they didn't play well in the Cavs, that's been a little bit fun to watch these playoffs. Uh, but as you mentioned, they won. Let's go through the the current series real quick, and just I want to get your take if you think it's, or I guess both of our takes if you think it's a series. Or, or not. Okay, so as you mentioned, the, the Timberbulls won. Uh, they are now down 2-1. to one. Uh, Do you think they're going to make it a series? Uh, no. <laughs> I think Houston's too good. The Timberwolves are pretty bad. They had a good shooting night, and that's, I mean, that's their one good shooting night. Yeah, I'm not going to be fooled by the down 2-0 win game three at home, although it worried me a little bit how uninterested James Harden seemed to be in that game and if we're seeing a return of playoff Harden you know it's a (laughs) reputation he's got to shake and I saw a little bit of signs of that in game three so I'm a little bit worried but I don't think it's going to be a series okay all right let's go next to uh Cavs Pacers uh game I think game four is tonight right now the Cavs are down uh two to one to the Pacers do you think that'll be a series or no it's so hard because the Pacers they could have been up 3-0 Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, the game that the Cavs won, LeBron dropped like 45 and they still only won by three. Uh, so I guess it's going to be a series. You have to say it's going to be serious because of LeBron is going to make it, but it's, I mean, 
the rest of the Cavs, minus LeBron, are not good. They are not no. good. No. <laughs> yeah. The strange thing is, I think the Cavs at this point are hoping it becomes a series. And if it goes the other way and not be a series, that means the Pacers are winning it because the Cavs don't seem to have a lineup that can both score and play defense. It seems like their lineups can do one or the other. Yeah. And that's that's not good. Yeah. Uh, so I guess yeah, Cavs that's hope all, that'll be a series. That's all on the GM, LeBron. <laughs> on the GM. Uh, all right, next, uh, let's go to uh, Golden State. Or let's skip that one because I have a, a follow-up question on that. So let's go okay. to uh, Toronto and Washington. I think if I click over here, uh, it looks like it's going to be tied 2-2. Two to two. So Ooh. Uh, from all intents and purposes, it is a series now tied at 2-2. Two to two. Would you agree? Yeah, so now. Yeah, it's a series now. It's 2-2. It's even. It's a three-game series. It's even. In my mind, these two teams are exactly the same. I, I cannot tell much of a difference yep. uh, between the two. They are the same team that are going to get knocked out in the second round. <laughs> the next round. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, let's go to uh, OKC and Utah. Uh, Utah won last night. They are now up 2-1. to one. Yeah. Ricky Rubio <laughs> is showing up in Utah. And where did they get those hot-ass yellow and red jerseys? Is that, they haven't had that all year. Did I miss that? I haven't, I haven't seen it. Yeah, they're, they're like, like, they're sunset like Utah. Uniforms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what they are. They're like the Utah sunsets now. It was, yeah, it was, I don't know. I saw the highlights. I, I didn't see it again. I saw the highlights this morning. And yeah, okay. Ricky Rubio, who is only 27, by the way. I thought he was like 30-something. <laughs> He's been in the league forever. He's but been he, a- but he definitely looks like a Utah man now with his, like, man bun and, and big beard. Uh, but he's, he's showing out. Yeah. Yeah, this is the Rubio that I, I thought we were getting. He uh, had a great game. I actually watched uh, some of it last night. Did, but I think the more uh, interesting thing, did you see what he wore before the game as he, no. as he came to the stadium? I did not. <laughs> he had, uh, I guess what I would describe as overalls, but not the straps weren't. <laughs> The straps were undone, so it was, Uh-oh. like, dangling in front of him. Oh and then goodness. he had a Friends, like, the TV show Friends sweatshirt. So, hold on. He was taking yeah. it back to, like, the early 90s. It was. No strap. And then had a Friends shirt from, like, the late 90s, early 200s. Or 2000s. Yeah, it was, it was wow. great. It was, wow. it was quite I the look. I got to see that. Way to go, Ricky. It was, right. it was great, and, and then he, as you said, balled out. It was really fun to watch. He's a real fun yeah. player. Uh, I've wanted him, hopefully he's coming into what I've always you know, kind of wanted him to be uh, as, yeah. as a player, Yeah. Uh, so that was fun. All right, uh, next one on the, on the list here. Let's go Philly up 3-1 against Miami. Do you think Miami can come back and make it a series, or is this one over? No. No, it's, it's over. Miami's not coming back. D-Wade had his one game that's going to get him another contract. <laughs> uh, so we can stay in the league forever, and this is it. And Philly, Philly just can't lose. They just keep going. They look really good, and I think the way they're playing, they could make the finals. Yeah, they're playing what really, the hell way. is going on? Like, Phil, the, the city of Philadelphia does not deserve this. All this winning, <laughs> they don't deserve it. And they're just, and like their teams are all of a sudden just good. Yeah, Fuck. sorry, but I just it just makes me mad. Yeah, well, it's. What makes me mad is that they're being rewarded for the process, and <laughs> you see so many other teams now 
mm-hmm. trying to emulate that or you know the tanking i think it feels like to me at least that they, it's gotten worse over the last couple years yeah uh, and it just makes unentertaining basketball and if they come back and are successful which it seems like they are and they seem like they're set up for a, not only a run this year but a run for a couple years it encourages more of that type of uh planning or front office planning and that is just going to create worse basketball so that's that's why i'm a little bit frustrated but they're fun to watch uh ben simmons and joel and beat are, are, are fun players to watch so watch out east i think they have a chance to win which i didn't think a month ago all right next let's go to another one that i think is pretty obvious the series uh and close to home uh boston milwaukee now knotted up at two uh do you have any thoughts on that I always th- I thought Milwaukee had a better shot uh, at beating Boston, and then they got beat down in a couple games, um, yeah. and now they're back. So I, this might be one of those seven-game series where everyone just wins at home uh, type type of deal. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. So it's definitely going to be a series. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely going to be a series, and I think uh, I think Milwaukee could pull it off. All right. I like your optimism. I think you mm-hmm. hit it right on. I think that it's going to be uh, everybody wins at home as I don't think I think the Bucks really feed off of the home crowd and their uh, role players and non Giannis players play a lot better at home. And I don't think they're going to be showing up on the road, uh, not to mention just the, sev- the severe uh, difference between uh, Milwaukee's coach and Brad Stevens. Uh, it just. It's just so obvious when they play, and you watch, and the Bucks are so much more talented. Uh, but the uh, Celtics keep making adjustments and uh, changing their offense and getting open looks. Uh, the only thing I think Milwaukee's saving grace is that John Henson got hurt, so it forced uh, the Bucks coaching staff to make a change and to play Giannis at center, which I think is the best thing, and that might win them the series. And I don't think the coaches would have. I don't think the coaches would have seen that if he didn't get hurt. So thanks, John Henson, I guess for hurting your back. Maybe Milwaukee has a shot, but I, also, I think it goes seven. They also played Jabari, so that was a plus. Yeah, Jabari's been playing better. He uh, struggles a bit. On, let's say. Struggles a bit on the defensive end, but he can definitely present a uh, mismatch on the offensive end. So we'll see. I think it's going seven. Uh, all right. I think that's all of them except Golden State, San Antonio. Uh, Golden State's up three uh, to one. San Antonio one one today. Yeah. Uh, Again, I don't really have much to say on this one. Golden State's just practicing. They're just practicing. They haven't even started playing basketball yet. So yeah, I think. I think this one was uh, everything went for San Antonio, went right for San Antonio today and not for Golden State. Uh, But this made me think of a question uh, Mm -hmm. that I had. Uh, I think I've talked about before on the podcast, I'm usually rooting for underdogs and I usually want uh, whomever the underdog is to win. This usually results in me being upset most of the time when I watch sports because the favorites usually win because they're the favorites. But at what point can you do you have to stop rooting for a team that was or is there a point i guess that you uh-huh. should stop rooting for a team that wasn't underdog and then won and then became the favorite and the two examples of this that i have are the mm-hmm. warriors because i mm-hmm. wanted the warriors to win the first year against lebron because yep. i was rooting against lebron because in my mind he was the favorite yep. and farther back the patriots i remember rooting for mm-hmm. the patriots mm-hmm. because they were going to get up against the uh, the Rams, the greatest show on turf, yep. all of that. They were the favorites. Yeah. Then both of them started winning. Can I winning. still root for them because I rooted for them as underdogs, or do I have to <laughs> give up once they become the, the favorites? What are the rules here? Um, I think it's emotion, and it's 
You know, it's at what at what point does you get sick of it? Like the Patriots, you get sick of it's like they're always good, even yeah. when they're not winning the Super Bowl. Like they're always in it. They're always they always have a chance. And Golden State's on this run of like a couple years, so it's still somewhat new. You know? Yeah. Um, the whole KD thing coming over might you know make the that's it may may push that over the envelope as far as the emotions. Uh. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, I don't know what the rules were because I remember. One, I remember rooting for LeBron early on, and now I can't stand him. Yeah. And then you know, and so just. So I think it's totally fine. You know, if it's not your team, that's totally fine. <laughs> you can switch all you yeah. want. Yeah. Yeah, because I I struggle with this because I don't mind the Warriors winning and KD going to them. That probably should have, as a fan, upset me more. But I like KD, so yeah. it didn't really bother me. And I like Steph, so it didn't really bother me. And uh, the Patriots, you know, they were going against, like, the Giants and, you know, teams that I didn't want to root for either. So I've yeah. kind of not – not that I'm rooting for them. I'm not, like, you know, wearing Golden State Warriors gear, New England Patriots gear or anything. But, like, I don't hate when they win. And at times I feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to make sure I wasn't in the wrong by by sticking with them because I started rooting for them in a, in a sense of them being the underdog. So – yeah, I get it. No, I, I did too. But that's the thing. Like, Golden State's so likable. Like, their characters are so likable. You might, like, the only person you could probably hate is, like, Draymond. But then you're like, that's just Draymond being Draymond. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just, yeah, they're just a really likable team. So it's it's hard to to be, to, to like, it's hard to villainize them is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to get lots of comments about Oh, yeah, yeah. We're they're extremely unlikable and Draymond's <laughs> the worst and... <laughs> They Bring complain it. all the time about this and that. Yeah. But, all right. All right. I, I feel less, a little bit less guilty for that. Uh, well, that's uh, that's pretty much everything on the NBA side of things. Um, should we get into the big news of the week? Yeah. Hot news of the week. NFL schedule came out on Thursday. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to talk about the draft first. I thought that was the big news. <laughs> schedule. Big news. Big news. <laughs> the schedule comes out. Everybody's a winner. Um, oh yeah! So I always love this time of year when the schedule comes out. Everyone breaks it down. It started off with Ian Ian Rappaport breaking the news that the uh, the primetime games are are they're going to start a little earlier? Did you know about this, Casey? I I heard they were going to start earlier, and yes. I was so excited. <laughs> and then I heard how much earlier they were going to start, and I was like, "What is? Who cares?" <laughs> so yeah, we got we got the times moved up fifteen. Oh, is it the thir- the Monday night games moved up fifteen minutes. Thursday nights Ooh. moved up a total of five minutes, and Sunday night is moved up ten minutes. So we're all gonna be able to get that extra sleep after you know when the game's gonna be over <laughs> earlier. So that's good. That's good for uh, productivity the next day. Yeah. So th- yeah, that's exciting. So no, no change. I, I when I saw this, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna be able to stay up for the Monday night games. This is so exciting. And then, no, it's 15 minutes earlier. I'm still probably going to bed at halftime. Yeah. I, the actual release <laughs> says, oh, my God, league, it's like league source told NFL insider Ian Ravenport. Like, he's breaking this news that it's starting 15 minutes early. Ooh, big, big, big time. Big J. Big, That's big J journalism right there. <laughs> so, anyways. So, yeah, the, the schedule comes out. NFL Network spends... A good three hours yeah. going through every every single every single 
team's schedule and what their record's going to be. Yeah. Win-loss in every game. Yeah, win-loss in every game. And, um, yeah, every team, uh, you know, every team is like 10 and 7, 10 and 6. I mean. <laughs> it's like every, every team. Yeah, I wonder if, if you went back and added up all the wins and losses, how much over – you know the average it would be, or how much more wins there would be than than yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exa- no, exa- exactly. The of wins would be exaggerated. Yeah, that'd it's be so pointless. And the best part is when they actually argue about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So, uh, so it was exciting. That was exciting news. Uh, I took a look at the uh, the Bears schedule though, because yeah. You know, so I now that plan we made out my weekends. Yeah, now that we made fun of NFL Network for doing the win losses, <laughs> I know I did it for the Packers. <laughs> did you do it for the Bears? Go ahead. I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't complete did it with the Bears. Okay. I what I did. I did see we will start a season one and zero. Oh. oh yeah, sure, sure. So we got week one. We got yeah. week one Bears Packers at Lambo. There's the big one. There's there it is one and zero. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What do you think, Casey? How the Packers are going to start? <laughs> I think that you're not so great at the win-loss game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's as far as I got. I, that's as far as I got. I, th- I think it's actually a it's actually a rough rough beginning of a schedule. Um, okay. Like truthfully speaking, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, it's rough. And then our bye. I hate this. Is a bye week in the, f- uh, the fifth week. That's oh, it's an early bye. Yeah, that sucks. But um. You know, there's some. I always do this game too, where I'm like, "Oh, these are great away games. I'm gonna go to it." And I, I never do. <laughs> <laughs> never go. I never go. But then also, why do we have all these damn? Well, I guess we only have two. But our first two games are primetime games, which makes no sense either. So. Yeah. I don't know why the Bears keep getting primetime games. I have no idea. Well, the first one's against the Packers, so. Oh, okay. Not the fun. The second one, Seattle. So, I guess that's that says enough. Real quarterback power there. What about you? Uh, yeah. So you went yeah. through. You did so the. You did. I did the, the wins loss. and losses. Yeah. I uh, got us going uh, ten and six. I won't go through the whole thing to bore anybody. Of course, this is all dependent on the health of six. Aaron Rodgers. Just like all the experts. Just like all the experts. Uh, I can I can bore you to death with the non-conference games. We got a couple tough. I think our tough non-conference games are away, which is disappointing. Uh, at St. Louis, at New England, at Seattle. Uh, at Washington, uh, and then we have the easy ones, easy games at home, uh, Dolphins, Bills, 49ers, Cardinals, and I guess the Falcons at home. So one of the, one of the tougher ones at home. All in all, I, th- I, I think we go 10-6, and 11-5. Uh, and five. All right. Unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, then we're, who cares? <laughs> now I'm afraid Kirk, Kirk Cousin coming through and storming, storming the NFC North. No. Okay. No, I think he's, he's he's not. I, I, I think we talked about this before. Yep. He is more or less, the, in my opinion, more or less the same quarterback as they had before. So I don't expect the Vikings to be that much more improved. That said, uh, I don't. I expect the Packers and Vikings to split their split their games. So, oh, I'm okay. There's the expert breakdown of the Packers schedule. Um, are we doing bets? Are we gonna do bets on on these Bears Packers games? Sure, we should do, like, what I, I don't know, some sort of Okay, bet. well, sure. yeah, all right, we'll talk about do it. Do, like, the governor bet, like, I give you, like, a <laughs> a thing of cheese or something. <laughs> and cheese. 
You give me <laughs> give you a hot whatever. Dog. What does what does Illinois do in those sorts of things? I don't even know. I don't know. Let's we'll hear. figure it out. Okay. Well, we we'll got figure time. it out. We, again, this is not. We're we're far away from the season start. That's <laughs> true. We got some time to think about it. <laughs> so, with that said, being far away the season, the draft is actually on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, the for, yeah the first round's on Thursday, uh, which I want to talk about the the NFL draft since they moved. I mean, I know it's been a while, but I used to really like it when it was just on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, just because I could take it all in all at once and like it was an excuse <laughs> to that to like sit around with your friends and just talk football yep um all day saturday all day sunday like grill out have some beers you know you're talking shit about who's got what now and now it's like you get the thursday it's cool that the first round is kind of isolated but it also sucks it's like yeah. it's like the first round it's like okay now it's over and then you like gotta do it again the next day yeah, the first round, I think there's a lot of excitement leading up to it. It's just too long. It's too slow. Uh, yeah. And then you have to, because what is it now? It's first. It's the first round on Thursday, and then second and third on Friday. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So then by the time it you use the weekend, like, you're not, you don't care. You don't really, you can't really pay attention because, like, who are these yeah. people? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and then you're just waiting for your team, you know, yeah. you know to pick. And when it was Saturday, Sunday, that whole first day, it's still people, you know, generally yeah. uh yeah. so that's the day you kind of you're focused in you're dialed in you're paying attention to all the picks you know the guys that you know from the big schools are, are going that day and then the second day it's just you, you're it's on you check in every once in a while for when your team's picking or you know teams in your division are picking um but now that's the whole weekend and yeah that's too much time to just for that level of uh, attention yeah so I agree with you. I get why they did it for you know ratings and all of that, but I think it takes away from the fan on the couch's experience. Yeah, I agree, and I I do like the whole traveling city thing now because when it was just in New York, I thought that was crap. And you know, yeah. the first two years it was actually here in Chicago, and it was re- it was actually like the actual event. If you get a chance to go to one of them, I would go because um, most of it's you know most of it's free. They have all those activities, but it's it's really cool um the, the traveling event but i also i love the draft for like it's the merger it's the marriage of of college football and nfl mm-hmm. and it's like it you know if you're a fan of one you can be a fan of both for at least that day even if you're only doing one um yeah and just really the yeah the breakdown of the draft so yeah it's gonna be really, I, i'm interested to see what, da- what dallas does because it got bigger in philly i'm sure jerry's gonna make this a spectacle as well uh, so it should be interesting. It should be interesting. Is it, is it in Philly this year? No, it's in Dallas. It was in Philly oh, last year. Oh, it's in year. Dallas. Cause yeah, it's in Dallas. It was in Philly year. last year? Yeah. You went when it was in Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. I went both times in Chicago. It was really cool. Got tickets the second time. It's all like a, it's all like a, it's all free. The tickets are free, but it's like a lottery. You, you got to win them. Okay. Um, got the Boo, oh, okay. got the Boo Goodell. That was fun. Nice. Um, yeah, so. I was also there. I was at the, the la- or yeah, the one where. I forget his face, but he was like, like during a draft, his Twitter, his Twitter, Twitter got hacked, and that the video of him smoking a bong came out. Oh, that's and he just right. Kept falling, yeah. and it's weird being there because like you don't know, and the, they're not because they're not showing that scene on right. the TVs that are at the draft. So that was it. Probably was electric. Good. Yeah, probably oh, <laughs> good. Getting actually into the actual draft. Um. 
Do you have any big things you want to see? You know, kind of big picture. Well, just let's we'll just say first round, um, or any or any okay. players that you've been watching that you know look interesting to you. Well, first, as far as expert breakdowns, I'm amazed mm-hmm. that Mel Kuyper Jr.'s draft board is behind a paywall. Like you have to Ooh. you have to be a member of whatever ESPN Online or whatever to see his mock draft. Yeah, I just find that with I mean, you, there's a million mock drafts out there, and that it just amazes me that that would be behind the paywall that you would people would pay to see just his or I don't know that that surprised me uh, because they are so prevalent elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, him and McShay but it's f- breaking it down. <laughs> How many do they do? They like, were they on mock draft ten, eleven now? I don't know. Oh, I don't. It's it's like a ten point Lenardi with a. It's like Joe Lenardi with the bracketology. NCAA bracket bracketology. So, I mean, it's yeah, like a new one like every week. Yeah, embrace the bait. Like who has it better? Because I the bracketologists or or Mel and people of that ilk. I think the bracketologists have it better because I think the. The mock drafts, they don't. I feel like they never get it right, except like the first pick. <laughs> and so, yeah. and yeah, they just never get it right. And then they just like, why do you do all these? Whereas the bracketology, like, they're really good. Like, yeah. And then a trade happens, and it's like, well, yep. You know, so and so moved up to get this guy, and that changes literally every other pick. So, what's the point yeah. of them? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I think you got to know a lot. I shouldn't say you got to know a lot less. There's, but there's less to follow, I think, with bracketology. Yeah, yeah, I get. You it. know, it's the it's the power conferences, and then you know whoever's in first or second in <laughs> whatever the mid majors are, and that's all you you know really need to know. It's like, oh, you know, Bucknell's in first in whatever conference there, and I'm going to put them on the 15 line. You know that as opposed to, you know, some. I can't even think. Mississippi Valley State defensive tackle. Like you have to know that level uh, yes. of detail for the mock drafts. Uh, yeah. but as far as what I'm, well, he's just breaking down all the old line tape. I feel like yeah. you've been in the room breaking down all the old line tape. Oof, that doesn't sound fun to me, at least. <laughs> uh, but looking at what I'm excited for the draft, uh, this draft specifically, uh, I'm excited for all all the uh, skill positions that are. Mm-hmm are out there, uh, especially quarterback. It sounds like there might be up to five quarterbacks taken in the first round, which is pretty exciting. That's pretty uncommon. Uh, so I'm excited to see where they'll go, um, how early they'll go, what team they'll go to, and that sort of thing. Uh, and then aside from quarterbacks, you know, there's some running backs who sound like they're going to be uh, taken high, obviously, uh, Barkley, as well as the running back out of LSU, and then a, a couple of receivers, defensive backs, pass rushers. It sounds like it's going to be people, you know, that I know as as a as a Big Ten fan and as a, a college football fan in general. Names I'll know, as opposed to, you know, tackles and guards and small school guys. It sounds like it's going to be, and those will be there, but a lot of skill positions. So I'm excited uh, for that. Just that I'll know a lot of of the people. I I'm excited on the quarterbacks as well. Um to see where there's been a lot of hoopla. And I, I, to your point, I love it when it's like all these quarterbacks come out and then it's like number two picks and O-linemen. And you're like, yeah, that guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> that? So um, I want to see where Baker goes. I'm really curious what that, mm-hmm. where that's going to be. And I'll, I, I kind of want to follow that. I think it will be – I can't tell if it's going to be a successor train wreck yet. I hope it's a yeah. train wreck secretly. <laughs> um, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. 
Um, yeah, obviously interested to see what the hell the Bears are going to do this year. Um, yeah, with their with their picks or if they do something crazy like they did last year. Um, so yeah, just really, I guess yeah, and Saquon, um, some of the other running backs. Uh, and it's funny things like we never talk about the defensive players, <laughs> but there's so many good ones in this draft. Yeah, but no one ever talks about because we're just talking about like this. What do you think the su- success rate in are going to be on these five QBs? Who like how many of them are going to be, uh, you know, top? We'll call top quarterbacks. Um, I mean, looking at the lists, I think one. I think yeah. one. I don't know what what it will be, but just right. looking at kind of the draft. Mm-hmm. record and i did a little bit of research that we'll get into when we talk about uh qbs a bit later uh yeah. but it's uncommon that there's more than one in in a draft yeah, exactly. uh, sometimes two yep. uh so i would think one or two i don't know what one or two they are though and that's what <laughs> makes this so makes this so interesting yeah uh you know, if you fought as I followed the mock drafts and kind of the the talk, uh, Baker Mayfield was going in the second round, and now then he was like a top five, and then he started dropping again, and then um, Jackson out of Louisville, there was talk of him not even being drafted as a quarterback, which seemed insane to me, and then he moved up back into the first round to be drafted as a quarterback. So it's some of these seem all over the place, um, but I would expect one to be a franchise quarterback and another one to be you know a reliable starter but outside that's just kind of track record talking yeah i I agree with that um yeah i think i feel like i mean i feel like the thing it's just a trend of the small school quarterbacks coming out you know Mm -hmm. doing well so i feel like josh allen's gonna i feel like he's gonna pull through got big hands looks good in shorts um really really consistent passer at around 50 percent throughout his career that was that you that tweeted out the uh the stats from like jv on no you tweeted it out i I tweeted out i tweeted it out you tweeted yeah it is stats stats. it was a stats from this is bad radio but it was a stats from jv high school to he went to community jv high school was two varsity years uh community college and then is wyoming and it was all yeah. around like fifty percent for the, like yeah it was in the mid fifties except JV was like sixty five so yeah yeah that's sixty five and then my question was like how do you trust that stat it's some kid <laughs> that can't play on JV taking stats really engaged so anyways he's consistently gonna get you at least fifty percent so you got you know that yeah that, going in that doesn't that doesn't feel great. And then as far as uh, Darnold and Rosen, both of those guys had great first seasons, and I expected them or hoped that they would kind of improve on that, and then neither of them really did. So I have questions on them as well, you know, as far as I'm an expert in any of that. But no one really jumps out at me as, as a sure thing, and that's, you know, if you're picking in the top five and it sounds like three or four of these are going to go in the top five or six, that's... uh, it's a lot to put on him. All right, is there anything that you're looking for out of the Packers or you're excited for? Well, I looked up kind of who they're who they're linked to, and uh, one of them is uh, a defensive end out of uh, University of Texas, San Antonio, uh, a tackle out of Notre Dame, a defensive tackle out of Washington, and uh, Denzel Ward, a cornerback out of Ohio State. I think those are exactly the positions that we need to improve on. Uh, we need to pass rush. We need 
cornerback uh, or secondary help and we need improvement on the offensive line. Uh, what I'd like to see, uh, I saw a couple where they had Minka Fitzpatrick falling all the way to 14 where the Packers are picking. That'd be fantastic. Uh, and Denzel Ward, uh, cornerback out of Ohio State, I think he might be the first or second cornerback going. I don't think either of those guys will fall, but if those guys fell, that's why I'm, I'm eyeing up for the Packers. Mainly because I don't know anything about defensive linemen or, yeah. or offensive linemen. So I want the, the flashy secondary guys uh, yeah. who I've seen play. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think for the Bears, if they're iron up, well, at least for the first round, um, DBs and linebackers, which, you know, again, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we have all these offensive weapons, but I don't know any of these defensive players. Um, which, you know, is good. Because that's what we need to do is stop people from scoring. Not people from um, scoring, yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I mean, I don't have, if that's the case, I mean, obviously, I'd like to see to get a shiny new wide receiver toy uh, for Mitch. That would be great. But, I, again, you could find those in the later rounds. Yeah, and you, um, signed, you signed a couple. Yeah, I signed a couple. Too, so. You know, I just like to be excited about the unknown because then at least you could yeah. be like, oh, yeah, he's going to be really good. And then he comes out and breaks his leg like a James White um, two years in a row. Not Kevin mad Bay. about it. Not mad. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I really don't know. I just want to – I'm so shook, still shook, <laughs> from 2017 and that whole trading up one spot. Like, Oh, man. This guy, I mean, pace – I don't know. So, I don't know. I, I'm trying to, like, keep it even and no expectations yeah. so that it doesn't – you know, I don't have that like, reaction if, if something happens. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm and looking at it. It's tough to get excited about one player like that. Uh, I think overreact to one player in, in the NFL, you know, yeah. with so many positions out there, unless it's a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, because who knows? Could go wrong. Yeah. So, what do we have? Um, who are the Badgers that are in the drafts here? Yeah. We got a, for the Badger fans out there uh, looking to watch the draft, it looks like. Uh, from what I see, you don't have to pay attention on the first two days because we don't have anybody projected in the top <laughs> uh, two rounds. But we got a couple going in in later rounds. Uh, tro- uh, starting off with tight end Troy Fumagalli, uh, he was uh, projected to go anywhere from the I've seen from third to the seventh round, so anywhere in there. Uh, Jack Sitchi, uh, linebacker, uh, rounds four through five. Uh, Nick Nelson, I don't. He was projected rounds three through five. Now he's hurt, so I don't know how that will affect. Uh, his his stock, um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it sucks for him. He got hurt trying out at a t- or team tryout right, or w- workout. That's what I mean. Working but I read that it team. was a, a partial tear, yeah. so he might be able to be back in time for the season, which is yeah. good news for him, obviously, and yeah. whatever team will draft him. So, again, mid-rounds. Uh, Leon Jacobs, linebacker, uh, fifth or sixth round. Uh, Natrell Jamerson, uh, safety rounds uh, six or seven, and then Austin Ramish. I saw one with him going in the seventh round. Uh, two others to watch uh, to see if they get drafted are some more linebackers uh, out of out of Wisconsin, Garrett Dooley and Connor Sheehy. So keep an eye out for them uh, if you're looking to see where the Badgers go. Just saying, Fugami would definitely be a first rounder if he had ten fingers. Yeah, it's uh, you know fights through it. Yeah, but I'm just saying. He's gonna. I guarantee he'll he'll be good. He's gonna make a team, and he's gonna be he's gonna be very productive in NFL. I believe. I think. Yeah. I I think so too, and I think uh, that the uh, the linebacker Sitchi uh, Jacobson. You know, we've seen what some of the current crop of Wisconsin linebackers have been able to do uh, in the NFL. They've had some you know early success and contributed to teams right away. And 
I think that these guys are on a similar level as those guys. So if you if your team gets them in those middle rounds, I think that's really good value. Yeah, if you're Sitchy, do you just walk into every interview and be like, I had three sacks in a row against that, USC. Did you, did you watch my did tape? Did you guys see that game? Three in a row. <laughs> three in a row. That's all I would say. Uh, all right, do you have anything um, else to wrap up the NFL draft? Any other tidbits? Uh, nope, that's all that I, I got there. All right. Um, trying to wrapping up the NFL. I don't know if you saw this. I'm going to put it in as our tweet of the week. This comes, by the way, of kicker Jay Feely. I guess his uh, daughter, yeah, his daughter was going to prom, had his prom date. Uh, well, he's, he, the, the tweet says, wishing my beautiful daughter and her date a great time at prom. Hashtag bad boys. And it's a picture of him with, in between the two of him, his daughter and the date. And he's holding yep. a handgun. Just looking, yep. just mean mugging, holding a handgun. Uh, he had hashtag bad boys. So, uh, yeah, I'm assuming, you know, he's, he's referencing a 2003 movie. A uh, scene from a 2003 movie, which is, I guess it's very dad-like. Um, yeah. And, yeah, just, just kind of toting the gun. Um, probably the most ridiculous picture to tweet out oh. in a long time. And I'm really surprised no, it's actually still up, to be honest with you. Well, he's, he, first of all, he's issued an apology, uh, yeah. which is, is ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's a funny. I think it's a funny photo. I didn't. I didn't get the hashtag Bad Boys reference if that was to the movie. I mean, okay, Bad Boys Two. You know, it was but, Bad Boys Two. Did you mean that? You seen that scene where uh, where where uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence pretend to be the uncles, and then the date comes oh. by? Oh, well, you know see now that's about? even more harmless. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's okay. it's a totally harmless thing. Yeah, and obviously everyone jumped on this, and yeah, so you know, yeah, the Twitter police came out and. Oh yeah, you know, all in, this in stuff. Trouble. But it's a harmless picture, absolutely. Yeah, his his daughter's looking up, like kind of rolling her eyes at him, and the the date's looking, you know, nervous. I assume, jokingly nervous, maybe a little bit real nervous. But uh, I thought it, I thought it was a funny a funny tweet. I don't think it's that ridiculous. I wouldn't do it, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then the the Twitter folks came after him, and he had to apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You either well. You gotta go one way or the other. You take this picture, right? You, I mean, you obviously think yeah. it's you obviously think it's funny, or you wouldn't tweet it out, and then yeah. you keep it up, which is the right move to do. But don't apologize. Just be like, this is what it is. It's a picture. It's what we do. So yeah. But Jay Feely, yeah. um, back yeah, in the getting news. stuff in. Good for you, Jay. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> okay. All right, so I think we're going to our mailbag. Are you ready for that, Casey? Yep, I am ready. Okay. Uh, before I, I wanted to thank all the fellow fans for, for sending in their questions. Um, you could always send your questions uh, via Twitter at 132Breeze. Um, yeah, so either DM or, 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 just, or tweet at us. We'll try to get your, answer your questions in the next episode. So actually, our first one comes up from Twitter, um, at Alec Fewer, fewer. I don't know. Fur, fur, fur. Okay, he asks. Uh, he asks, "What is the pod stance on the Browns didn't or not taking the QB at number one or number two in this past year's draft? Likewise, what is the pod stance if the Browns take a QB in both one and four? All right. So the Browns, uh, as this tweet says, has the first and fourth pick this year. So. Mm. 
what happens if they don't take a quarterback at one or four? Uh, let's just deconstruct this one. A lot to dissect here. A lot to dissect. I I can't imagine that they don't take a QB <laughs> at one or four. <laughs> I feel like the fans would fans would absolutely revolt. Uh, I actually have a a Browns fan on my uh, indoor soccer team, and he he's convinced that if they don't take Darnold, he's just out. So I think if he represents <laughs> That's the straw. That's the straw. That's the straw. <laughs> After all of this, they don't take the Arnold. He is out. Uh, so I can't imagine that they didn't. But if they chose not to, they would have to be absolutely sure that none of these quarterbacks of the four or five that are going to go in the first round are going to amount to anything. Because to miss on all of those and that would be would be something else. Yeah. I, there's, they have to, uh, unless, so that's, I guess this is why, this is why the drafts is so intriguing and the Browns are a huge part of this. It's so funny that the, the, these bad teams are so intriguing about the draft. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just so funny. But like, if, if they don't take a QB and they do something crazy, like, I think the craziest thing they would do is just completely go back to get more draft picks, right? So like they trade both picks. Yeah, they trade down. They trade down on both picks would be, I think that's, you know, on the far side. But, yeah, I think they got to take QB. I think the question, um, before we get the second part of the question, I think the question I have is, do you take it at one or four? Mm-hmm. You, take it, you take it earlier or later? Well, I think you got to take, if you have a guy, you got to make sure you get that guy. You can't wait till to four to see who falls Mm-hmm. to you because if you don't start. take it at one i i could see <laughs> the bears are gonna trade th- up for one yeah eh, they might. <laughs> <laughs> see three i could see the next three going yeah quarterback mm-hmm. and then you're sitting there at four yeah. you know and you have barkley i guess you have a running back right and then yeah. you're left with i would assume not your first choice so i think you gotta go gotta go with one and this yeah. kind of led me to thinking. So I went back and I was thinking, have the Browns, you know, they've been terrible for so long and they've, you know, missed on, they've had to have missed on quarterbacks. So they've had to had made really bad choices at quarterback. Uh, and I went back and I looked and I really, I, I, I did some, some research like a professional. And I don't think that they really missed, like they didn't make the wrong, I went back to 2010. So before that, mm-hmm. I know they took like Achilles Smith and stuff back in, the early 2000s or whatever that was. But going back to 2010, uh, all the franchise quarterbacks that were drafted since 2010, they didn't get a chance to draft. Their pick was after whomever took them. Uh, (laughs) Going with Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, uh, Griffin, Jameis, Mariota, Goff, Wentz, all of those guys went before the Browns had a pick. Now, maybe they traded out of the spot. I'm not entirely sure I didn't go that deep into it. but Or, so those were the ones that they didn't have a chance to draft. Or everyone that they... uh, Everyone missed on the ones they didn't draft, like Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Dak. Those guys yeah. went in yeah, the yeah. third round or later, and everybody missed on those. So I don't know that you can really blame the blame the Browns for that. I, I, you could, but everybody missed on those. Uh, the only one that I guess they picked wrong on, uh, well, you def- they definitely picked wrong on, I guess, is Johnny Manziel over Bridgewater and Derek Carr. <laughs> so they took Johnny Manziel in the late part of the first round, and Bridgewater and Carr went in the second but other than that, in all these years of drafting, I don't feel like they picked the wrong guy. So, yeah. so I don't is, know if that, so this is the I don't test. know what that support. This is this is 
they have the opportunity now where there appears to be franchise quarterbacks. I think they have to take it. Otherwise, you pass that up, you know, and you, I, I just don't think you – I don't think you can – pass up the chance to get a franchise guy unless you're sure that they won't uh, well yeah sure that they won't be something i guess yeah good news is whoever they draft it can't get worse they just can't they could say the same but it can't get worse um, i guess the other alternative is there if they really love somebody who's supposed to go in the second round right like a. Mm. What's uh, Luke Falkers? I think that's his name out of uh, Washington State or something like that. You yeah. like that guy more yeah. for some reason. Uh, again, I don't s- see that, but right. Well, then, that yeah. would be so, the other alternative. So then, you know, the second part of the question with the Browns took both cor- a quarterback at one and four. <laughs> Hell yeah, do that, do that. <laughs> competition it breeds great competition. Oh man, iron sharpens iron. Let's go. Let's get, they gotta get some comp in here somewhere because going zero sixteen doesn't work. No. So you come into you come into the season with Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> I forgot Tyrod was there. <laughs> Darnold and like I don't know who who would be at four like Baker Mayfield. Oh my god, yeah, what a disaster yeah. that would be! Oh my god, now what? Could they be the Browns? I would yeah, watch could the Browns they be every preseason game. Yes. <laughs> no, who is hard knock? That would be great. Um. Yeah, I would watch I every preseason game. I can't no. imagine it's the Browns. They wouldn't sign up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Whoever does it, is it HBO does? Or should, yeah, does? it's HBO. Hard HBO, HBO, HBO there's not. NFL's like, hey, you could follow the Browns. Like, I, don't, I don't think we're taking <laughs> the Browns. I think we're good, bro. <laughs> I think we're so, good. I, I've been taking two quarterbacks. They say, I, what's the saying? If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks or something? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh. I think that's like a that's like an NBA move, like you know where you're stockpiling assets and you're you know I want to get as many of you know it doesn't matter how many sh- uh, shooting guards I have I can trade them off later I can trade them for picks all this sort of thing it's a very something that would I think work in the NBA or kind of an NBA thought process but in football where you have you know the competition at quarterback doesn't seem to ever go well it creates a lot of questions uh, and you have a whole team to build it just seems irresponsible to pick both of them i think it'd be fun <laughs> i think it'd be yeah, crazy hell yeah uh but if you're gonna because essentially you'd eventually trade one of them you'd presume right you just if yeah. you want an extended uh look at two of the quarterbacks but do you what's more valuable a quarterback at the end so let's say they take Let's say for what they get Darnold and Rosen's whatever it doesn't matter. They get Darnold and Rosen and they go with Darnold, and then what's the trade value of Rosen in September versus what pick four is in the draft? Right? Don't you think you could get a lot more for pick four than you could, you could get for a, Rosen? You could pull a Jimmy Garoppolo, and that like someone gets hurt, he has four good games, and then he goes and makes a bazillion dollars. Yeah, but he only. Well, it, uh, that'd be great for whoever that guy is, but that didn't work out well for the Patriots. I mean, they only got like a second round pick for him, and he's right. You know, and the, the Browns want to be the Patriots. That's who they look up to. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think I think you can get better value at, at four. Yeah, I think it'd be insane, and I think it would completely blow up the draft, and it'd be really entertaining. Oh, so uh, entertaining. But from a f- football plan. I don't think it makes much sense. Yeah. Well, I think they should do it. And I like that if they do it, they would definitely get hard knocks. Um, and that'd be fun, too. 
So that's my final. That would answer. be that'd be so entertaining. <laughs> All right, uh, next one. Uh, this one doesn't have a name on it. Um, it's so <laughs> simple. Is Devin Hester a Hall of, oh, Hall of Famer? So he's actually uh, officially, yeah, he officially re- yeah. announced his retirement a while ago. Signed a one day, con- he's gonna sign a one day contract with the Bears so he can retire as a Bear, which I don't understand all that, anyways. It doesn't make sense. But, anyways, question is, <laughs> is Devin Hester a Hall of Famer? I'll let you go first. Right, well, no, I, I want you to sell me on why he's a Hall of Famer. Because I oh, presume you want me to sell you? Know. you? Oh, because you, yeah, presume- you think I automatically think he's a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Really? Well, you're freaking right, because he is. He's absolutely <laughs> a Hall of Famer, because he is the best. He was the best kick returner of his time, of ever, and they had to change rules because of him. He was basically like, he was basically like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of kickoffs <laughs> and kick returns. Like, they had to change rules for him. Uh, they can say they did it for safety or whatever. They did not. They did it because Devin Hester was running back touchdowns. And even when he wasn't running back touchdowns, because they're kicking away from him, punt. Like he, we, the uh, the years of Bears, where he's at his time, like he was at his like his prime, prime in the second and third year. Yeah, like we were getting like people were kicking the would rather kick the ball out of bounds on kickoffs than kick the Devin Hester. It was so ridiculous. They would be kicking, especially the punts. They would try to angle kick it and be like go to the fifty yard line, and they just didn't care because it wasn't getting in Devin's hand. So he was literally changing field position by not even touching the ball. And when he did touch the ball, guess what? He ran it to the house. He has the most touchdowns as far as uh, kick return touchdowns. Yeah. I'm sure he has the most yardage. I, I don't know. Because there was so many that he almost broke. And, you know, we'd get the ball at the 30-yard line instead going into the end zone. Um, yeah. And he's just, he was just, he was just electric. And he was great. And he deserves to be in Hall of Fame because of his contribution at that position. And it is a position. I don't care what anybody says. So how long was his prime with the Bears? Like how, prime? how many years was that? Yeah. So that he was how long was he kick returning for the Bears? Yeah, um, so his so his his best years were his first two. And then his third year there was a kind of a lull cuz we made he that's when he went into like being a number 1 try, receiver. Yeah, trying to be a wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. Um and I think I don't know if it was that year he didn't have any or he just had one, something like that. And then the next two years, he was kind of—he wasn't like his first years, but he was kind of back. Um, and he had a few, he had a few uh, runbacks and chains. And he was, but he was at the same time, he was still changing field position mm-hmm. um, during that. And then and that was kind of that was kind of it. Where I was with the yeah with the Bears, like it was it was kind of over. So yeah, I think I tend to agree with you uh, in the sense that when he. And that's what I guess the con- the decision point I have, or, or what I'm thinking about, is how long that amount of time was uh, that he affected games like he did. Because if you look back at the Bears teams, then they won with defense and they won with special teams, and he was mm-hmm. a huge part of of that. And for him to affect the game as a return man, as very few have, I think it would w- warrant. A spot in a spot in the Hall of Fame. Now, a caveat to this is I don't really know the NFL Hall of Fame as much as I know uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm yeah. you know a lot more versed on kind of the the metrics to get in. You know, kind of thinking about careers, and I don't know how the NFL views uh, kick returners. And I guess in a general sense, I think they would 
say that's not a real position that affects the game, but I think Devin Hester is a a kind of a special uh, player in that. And um, if you they have a couple kickers and a couple pun- and a punter in there, and if they can be in it, why can't Devin Hester? Um, yeah. The only thing I'm thinking about is what was the kick ret- uh, returner for Kansas City? I know you're talking about. Um, who was real electric for a couple years? I and I wonder. But he, he, but even that, he was. Yeah, I know you're. T- I can't think of the name right now. Um, the human Dante joystick. Hall. Dante Hall. He was good for. Like he was doing what that for two seasons. I remember, and it was like, yeah. and then he was just kind of, and then it was gone, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think Devin did it for a longer period of time. Uh, yeah, Devin did it for a longer period of time. I think the last one he ran back was not this past season, the season before with Atlanta. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it was kind of record breaker, which is amazing. So, and I just yeah. So I think even with that, like it was the beginning. And I'll end it with this: is that you know in the beginning they didn't know he was, and then his opportunities diminished just because they weren't kicking to him, yep. and he was still able to, you know, make a difference with the ball in his hand getting kicked to, you know. So that's that. Yeah, I definitely. think he's a hall of famer. Yeah, and I think as, I guess if you want to view another argument I have for this, which I'm surprised that I'm <laughs> arguing for this, <laughs> but uh, if you want, if you th- again, I. I don't know if this is how the NFL thinks of their Hall of Fame as compared to baseball, but I know the baseball one, it's, you know, the story of baseball, right? You can go there and you can look at, you know, what Babe Ruth did and way back when, and, and you get the story of baseball. If the NFL is like that, especially how the rules are changing, you know, we're not going to see kick returns like we used to. We're not going to see punt returns like we used to. And to put Devin Hester into the Hall of Fame as the best of this, which I mm-hmm. think he was that kind of serves as telling the story of this era or up to this era where we had kick returns and punt returns. Cause I think yeah. the way football is going, that's going away. And I think yeah. that'd be a good way to tell the story of the NFL. So right. another point there. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. And Devin Hester's kickoff run back to start the Super Bowl, One of the most emotional times of my life. God, that's so good. <laughs> All right. All done. Uh, um, yeah, I know. True. Don't don't get me started. Um, <laughs> uh, next question. This one is from Jay Money, a very good friend of the show. Uh, what will speaking of emotions? What will cause you more emotion: beating Ohio State or losing to Mi- to Minnesota in football? Very football. good question. Okay. Yeah, I think this is a good question because I this is something I've I've thought about in the sense of what a what makes well this is a back uh, just uh oh. for people that don't know <laughs> I oh. don't know why you wouldn't but we haven't lost to, Wisconsin hasn't lost to Minnesota in football in over 14 years um the best way to put it I always hear every time which makes me laugh is the last time we lost to Minnesota Google wasn't invented yeah okay so losing I okay so losing to Minnesota in general, or the specific, the next time we lose to Minnesota, because then the answer is losing to, to Ooh. Minnesota. But I would uh, know the next time we lose to Minnesota. In so, but yeah, this brings up something interesting about rivalries that I've thought of, of at least thinking about your, Wisconsin's rival, because I think beating Ohio State 
feels I feel the biggest emotion when we beat them over any other school. I feel the mm-hmm. most proud. I feel the most excited when we beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But I feel the most disappointment and frustration when we lose to Minnesota than any other school. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> uh-huh. I I think that that frustration and disappointment when you lose to them, that defines who your rival is as opposed to who you feel the most excited over beating. Because mm. almost all schools in the Big Ten will say they're most excited when they beat Ohio State because they're kind of perennially yeah. the, the best team. But losing to Minnesota, they're not – they have recently kind of been the one of the worst teams, but they, you know, they're not Rutgers or something. Yeah. Um so PJ. the reverse of that isn't necessarily true, but it would still feel the worst. So I think that's how you define the rivalry, and that's why I think that my emotion of losing to Minnesota, especially after we've beaten them so many times in a row, uh, would be greater. Yeah. Okay. So I was I'm going back. I keep going back and forth as you were talking. So my initial reaction was going to be losing to Minnesota because it has been so long, and I was actually at the last game we lost to Minnesota. Um. So, but then I'm thinking about it. So, like, if it was next year, so say it was this season, right? The only way we we don't have Ohio State on on our schedule, so the only way was if we were going to beat Ohio State would be to in the Big Ten championship again, game. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of to put that in perspective, would I have more emotion? So basically, saying if I would have more emotion winning a Big Ten championship over Ohio State or lose or losing mm-hmm. Minnesota. That's such a hard question. I think I want to say I'd have more emotion uh, with Ohio State this time because they've had our number for a little bit here, yeah. And it's been freaking annoying. We haven't beaten Urban, have we? Have we beaten him since Urban came over? I I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, so that's not good. Um, and I hate Ohio State fans. Yeah, I'm gonna go Ohio State. It's all right. Yeah, it's getting me. It's getting me all boiled right. up. I would go Ohio State because I hate their fans. I hate Urban Meyer. Um, I don't, they're just so, it's just so infuriating. And we should, should beat them last year. I'm going to Ohio State because I'm getting fired up right now. All right. So, fuck that. Fuck Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> but you, took, you took a little different approach. You looked at it as the specific yeah. next time that we play. And I was kind of thinking more of a general. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, general yeah, I did sense, take, but. I didn't take it away. I mean, in, I even think in general it would be. Because I think losing to Minnesota, like, as much as it would suck, like, beating Ohio State, you know you're probably beating a really good team, right? You know, yeah. no matter when you're playing, you're, you're beating the team. Whereas Minnesota, yeah, like, it would sting, but beating Ohio State would kind of last a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> Are we good? Yeah. All right. Um, last one. <laughs> uh, is this Danica and Aaron Rodgers? What is going on here? Do you want to set this up, Casey? Uh, is this from the well? The so picture Danica, that we got from the the Bucks game. Is that y- what we're talking about? I yeah, I would, I would assume so. Okay. All right. So Danica Patrick, Aaron Rodgers, uh, celebrity couple. Uh, they were at the Bucks game last night, in which they the Bucks announced that Aaron Rodgers is now a minority owner of the Bucks. Uh, which I am very excited about. During his, the halftime interview, they interviewed him, and he said uh, that – oh, what did he say? What's the wording? I want to get the wording right. <laughs> uh, something along the lines of uh, Milwaukee, this area is really important to me, and I've grown you know, roots here, or I've been entrenched in the area, and it was just you know music to my ears. 
as a Packer fan. Of as he goes him. back out to California after the game. Yeah, after, yeah. <laughs> but in talking about how important the area is and uh, if that keeps him in Green Bay longer, all the better. Uh, but there was a picture, or they showed him and Danica during uh, a relatively exciting part of the game, and they are just staring stone-faced <laughs> onto the court. Uh, and there are a lot of questions of what's what's going on here, what – they don't look like they're having any fun at the game. They don't look like they're enjoying each other's company. What is going on here? So, Marlon, what is, what is your take on uh, the Danica and A-Raj First of situation? all, this is such a strange couple. I, I'm sorry. Like, I, don't, like, I don't get it, Aaron. I don't get it. I mean, Danica seems nice, but it's just weird. It's just, I don't know. For me, it's a weird pairing. NFL, NASCAR, she's from Indy. Or oh, she spends most of her time in any. But anyway, it's it's weird. It seems like a weird dynamic. So my my first thing that goes off is like this is a total setup relationship. It's not real. Anyways, mm-hmm. back to that. Going back to this 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 image at the Bucks game. Um, my initial my initial take was that uh, they just had some really awkward sex and they just don't <laughs> want to talk about it. <laughs> at the stadium. <laughs> At the stadium. Because <laughs> this was in the second half. It was, I think, third quarter when they showed this. Yeah, yeah. So it could have been halftime. And then what I – yeah, because I think it even strengthened my argument when they – at halftime uh, that he was an owner. So he probably has, like, an owner suite or something, a little little getaway that he could have gotten to. An owner suite. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, okay. judging from Danica's That's face, fun. it was definitely Aaron's fault. I'm just saying. Oh, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I tweeted out that picture if anybody wants to look at it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, after that ludicrous take on it, you know, I just saw two consummate professionals who have spent their whole careers, you know, containing their emotion and staying focused on a hand in NASCAR racing and, uh, you know, being a professional quarterback. You got to keep your cool at all times. You can't get too high. You can't get too low uh, in any of these. So they were just. You know, in the moment, they weren't they they're trained not to show their emotion. They were dialed in in the game. They were focused on being a fan uh, and watching the Bucks come back in the series. So I think that's what was going on. Just their their professional nature showing through. It's being being professionals. That's yeah. such a boring date. Then just being a professional on a date. Well, that's probably yeah. Probably <laughs> <laughs> All right, good talk. <laughs> good talk. I can't say one way or the other. All right. Okay. Well, and with that take, um, Casey, we want to get to America's segment, get back to it? Yeah, we'll get to a uh, quick round of Casey's corner kick here. Uh, if you guys caught our uh, special uh, interview that we did with the Pitch Side podcast, uh, they talked about uh, – finding an MLS team or, or a domestic team here in the States to to root for. And I got a suggestion of former Badger Chris Mueller is playing for the Orlando uh, City SC. And he's uh, been in about seven games, started four of them, has three goals, one assist. So he's contributing there. Uh, played four years at Wisconsin, won 2017 uh, Offensive Player of the Year in the Big Ten. So if you're looking for a reason to support a team, uh, that is one there, and I've definitely been following the team uh, with him on it. Uh, other soccer news coming up. Champions League semis are this week. Uh, Tuesday, Roma-Liverpool. So 
tune into that. It'll be uh, around 2 o'clock Central Time here, uh, Root on Liverpool with me, and then on the 25th Wednesday, uh, Bayern and Real. So tune into that. I'll be talking about it on next week's pod. All right. Let's do that soccer. And um, let me give a going to give a special shout out to one of our fellow fans, Chester, who gave us a, a heads up that his alma mater, Texas Tech Baseball, has the longest winning streak in the nation right now at 25 games. They're a D1 school, too. It's not like Texas Tech is soft. Like 25 games in a row. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the tip, Chester. Thanks for listening. Um, also, want to give a shout out to everyone uh, for following us on Twitter, following us on Instagram. Uh, downloading us, sharing, and reviewing. Continue it up. We really appreciate it. Again, we're at 132 Breeze. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, where else are we? Google Play, uh, or anywhere you can anywhere you can find your podcast. Uh, just let us know. Or, or check us out at uh, 132Breeze.com. Casey, do you have any last words for them? Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope that all of our uh, favorite sports teams win.